And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Today we'll be speaking with Julia Korsunsky, whose story we first heard on Nasholos last year. Julia is the executive director of RememberUs.org, a nonprofit organization based in Massachusetts. Her organization is involved in commemorating mass grave sites of Holocaust victims, which include her great-grandparents and many of her other relatives. Last year, we learned about a project her organization is involved in, which is planting trees at killing sites in order to commemorate victims of genocide. These trees, by their very nature, are appropriately symbolic for this purpose. The trees have been planted at several sites now, and the project continues. However, it is just part of a larger endeavor, and Julia Krasunski, Executive Director of RememberUs.org, has kindly agreed to tell us more about it. So welcome, Julia, to Nasholis. Hello. Wanted to be here. So it's great to connect. It was wonderful to hear your story, and it's nice. It was, we heard your voice a little bit. Um, Peter shared some of his recordings of your conversation, but it's nice to see your face. Well, I can see your face. Our listeners can't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's wonderful to connect with you on Skype, and thank you again for, for joining us. Now, um, we talked about the Metasequoia Project. So uh, just give us a little bit of a recap of how it all started well, it's a very long story how it all started. We can go as deep as to my childhood, but basically it all started with a memorial that is built on a place of atrocity in Kharkiv, which is a place called Drabitsky Yar. And it all started as a family project. We just wanted to commemorate my family mm-hmm. and plant some trees there. And then we were picking up trees and we decided that Metasequoia, as you just mentioned, is the most appropriate kind of tree because of its history and that it lives for a very long time. So we can create an uh, ever-living memorial at that place. And when we started doing it, we realized that would be a very good, nice gesture, but no more than that. And that this memorial particular needed much more help than we as a family could provide. And that's understanding uh, was the beginning of our organization. So as soon as we planted trees there, we were asked to plant trees and other places, and that started the whole program and framework. Now, Yar is a Ukrainian word for ravine. Right. And yes. uh, Babinyar is quite familiar, I think, to anybody who has studied the Holocaust or is aware of the Holocaust uh, in Ukraine, because that's located in Kiev, and they recently commemorated their 75th anniversary of that atrocity. But this happened uh, many other places in what is now Ukraine and Poland and other parts of Eastern Europe, where a lot of the Holocaust was by bullets, essentially. And you found your family in Drohobitsky. Drobitsky Yar, yes. Drobitsky Yar, and that is near Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine. And how did your family discover your roots going back there? You said it was your great-grandparents, the parish there. Right, and as I said, the story started basically in my childhood when once I've learned, when I was a child, I've learned in school about uh, Babi Yar, and I came came home, and I was amazed that something like that could happen in my country. 
because I've heard about Holocaust, but I thought Holocaust was somewhere in some far away land. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was in Ukraine too, or rather in the Soviet Union. So I came home and I started talking to my grandmother about it. And she got very emotional and she just said, stop talking about it. I don't need to hear about Bobby Yar. Drabitsky Yar is right here and your family is there. And that was probably 30 second conversation that I remembered as a child. But only as an adult, uh, I came back to that memory. And for the first time, I went to Drabitsky Yar already as a visitor to Ukraine from the United States, which was very recently. And only standing there on that soil, that when the understanding of what happened really was a big uh, revelation to me. It's a it's a very strange and very scary to tell. It's just an experience. Yeah, I would think it it would be. Now you grew up in Ukraine. How long were you? Have you been in the states? Almost thirty years. Twenty nine years. Okay, but you were um, a child. Now you have a, a daughter. I wasn't a child. I was a young adult. Yes, I have a daughter. I have a son as well, but our son is not part of the organization, but our daughter is. We so, started the organization, three of us, my, my husband, myself, and our daughter. Okay, so so let's talk about the uh, the organization and rememberus.org. So when we uh, saw that we can really help only by creating a formal structure, for, by formalizing it, my husband and I started doing it, and uh, our daughter was very supportive, and she became also part of this process. And it took a few months for us to do all the paperwork. And within a few months, we went from three people organization, volunteer organization, mm-hmm. you know, family kind of organization, to four people, six people, seven people, and now we are over 30 volunteers. Wow. Two and a half years later, wow. uh, we are all volunteer organization. There is no paid stuff. Of course, we do pay yeah. money for work mm-hmm. as expected, but ongoing projects are led by volunteers. The volunteers come up with ideas and that's what we do. Wow. So the trees, you said that was your family, an idea to commemorate your own family's site. So who is it that asked you next to um, to plant it elsewhere? Uh, I think the next one was Kriminchuk. Uh, we now have a long list of uh, communities that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And Yar, yes, that's a Ukrainian name for a ravine. And Babi Yar is the only one that is known. Right. But there are over a thousand uh, Yars and places like that. And yeah. in some of them are thousands of people were murdered. Yeah. And in some of them, hundreds or even a few people. So um, we work with Lubny and the Sulia community, which is one place, kind of uh, Lubny town and the Sulia village. We work with Kiminchuk, we work with Bila Tserkva, Mirgorod. We also work with Babi Yar as well. We planted Metasipoya trees there, which it was is. very symbolic for us as well. Mm-hmm. So this project has grown and it's continuing to grow. Yes, this particular project is part of a bigger framework that we call Last Mile. So Last Mile framework has multiple uh, milestones. One of them is planting trees and just raising awareness, local awareness, Mm -hmm. that things happen right here, right in your backyard. As a next milestone to this last mile framework, we uh, create a Holocaust memorial 
the Holocaust Museum or exhibition mm -hmm. in a local school. And examples of such exhibitions are in Lubny or the Sulya and Kreminchuk. We also, as a next step, we uh, not only create those artifacts, but we also create a means to learn from those places. So we organize and sponsor ongoing school and college tours to places at Rosities and to the museum so kids can be educated at the place because it's completely different from when your teacher is standing in front of you and oh. trying to tell you stories and numbers versus when you're standing there on the toilet. It's, it's a completely, completely different experience. So that's complete framework. And then we come to U.S., and we tell those stories here, and that completes our full circle, and that's why it's called Lost Mile. We go Lost Mile, we go to the place, collect the information, do our projects there. Mm -hmm. and then... Yeah, and the Lost Mile is the, the final. Yes, that, that's yeah. exactly why. We, lots of us is in IT industry, and Lost Mile is a very common term in IT industry and communications. Oh, I didn't realize. So you're in the IT business then? Yes, yeah. yeah. I am an IT. My husband is an IT. And many, uh, as I said, we're all volunteers. So we have people from many different industries. We have lots of students. That's our biggest group of volunteers, ah. high school and college students. And so these volunteers, you've said you've got over 30 now. And where are they located? All over U.S. and all over Ukraine. Uh, we have people uh, in Boston, Washington, D.C., in New York, and we have people in, in Kharkov, Mirgorod, uh, Lubny, Zasulia, Kreminchuk, Kiev, um, Bila Tserkva, and I'm probably missing something. <laughs> so what are some of the, the, the tasks that these volunteers are involved in? Oh, a lot, actually. They do a lot, and they do absolutely wonderful job. What's important to me that those volunteers have completely diverse background, and some of them Jews, and many of them are not. Oh. Uh, and that is very, very important to me, because I think only when we have this, when we work together, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what your background is, as long as you understand that it was tragedy that needs to be remembered, that needs to be remembered not only for the past, but also for the future. Mm -hmm. That generation needs to learn about it. Only then we can achieve some results. So going back to your question, they help us to organize different commemoration and education events. For example, if you go to our Facebook page, you will see pictures of that. We have in the Sulia School Museum, we have a museum there, and there are kids, high school kids, who are tour guides in that museum, mm. so, which is fantastic because they speak the language of their peers. They mm -hmm. can connect to their friends much better than if that was done by adults only. Of course, um, they work with the director, school director there. He guides them, but mm -hmm. they are the ones who are actually doing the work. Similar things is done in Kharkiv, where we didn't build a, any museum, but we do have ongoing tours, volunteer tour guides there. Um, what about it, people listening here in North America? What um, would a volunteer be doing here? Here, what we do, also lots of different things. Another example, we have face-to-face uh, -face presentations. And someone called me last year, uh, two years ago, 
And uh, the lady said, um, well, you usually do face-to-face presentation in front of the kids or grown-ups, but younger generation. Have you thought of doing it in front of the older people? Oh. And I was at first taken aback because I didn't realize what was the goal. And she said, well, if we talk to seniors, if you t- talk to veterans, they need to see that there is someone who is picking up the button of that knowledge, mm-hmm. that there is a continuity of uh, that knowledge. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a good idea. So this lady worked with someone mm-hmm. in our team and organized the first presentation. And the presentation is done by our local high school students. And it was one of the most emotional presentations because they were talking to seniors, to people who actually lived through yeah. those events. And that became our ongoing program. Mm-hmm. And that program is very beneficial for both sides. And in fact, in that program, we uncovered that one of the righteous among the nations lives right here oh. in our area. So our students were able to connect to him, to get his story, to record that story, which was also very uh, valuable. Wow, wonderful work you're doing. And uh, the Last Mile Project is only one of many. So you've got Shtetl Tours. Just give us a little bit of an idea of what that's about and uh, some of the other projects you're involved in. So Forgotten Shtetl Trips is also a very interesting and very popular project. What we do, we take our volunteers from Ukraine and from U.S. and we take them into those places where atrocities were and where Jewish community used to live. And we show them how Jewish community lived together with Ukrainian community, how it used to look. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, there are lots of historical artifacts there. And there are enough older people who know and can tell different stories, stories of Holocaust and stories that they've heard even prior to Holocaust, stories of family stories. So it's a very interesting, very popular program as well. Is this just for volunteers or is it open to the public? For now, it's just for volunteers and teachers. Okay. I'm thinking expanding it next year, probably to open it to public. But for now, it's a very small scale. We're about to go on our third trip this summer. This summer will be your third. I see. So if somebody wanted to get involved with your organization, support your organization, what are your needs? Um, immediate need, I'm going to be frank about it, uh, are funds. That's the hardest. Yeah. It just happened that none of us is a professional fundraiser, so <laughs> that's yeah. our biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get involved, have idea of the project um, to implement on site, I'm happy to talk about it. They can get in touch with me via either email or Facebook. Or if someone wants to maybe donate, we would be glad. So donations or volunteer help for fundraising. Yes. Yeah, and you were saying everybody is a volunteer, so this is all done from the heart, and there's a you know personal reason to be involved, and I guess personal satisfaction as well through the work. Exactly. We are volunteers. We're doing it not for financial gain or a project that we do for living. So motivation should be your personal, what you want to do. Your passion. Your personal passion. Yeah, I guess that's the word. Yeah, awesome. So tell us again, Julia, how to reach you. I have a Facebook page. It's rememberus.org. And we have a web page. 
remember us.org. Very easy to remember, the same as the name of our organization. And my email is julia at rememberus.org. Okay, well, that's easy to remember. <laughs> Great name and um, also a fantastic project. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for the work that you do, for your passion to, to let people know that, yes, you there was tragedy in the past, but we can learn from it. I think it's a special person that can share their personal tragedy and try to help others learn from it as well. So thank you so much for, for doing that, Julia. Thank you. Thank you. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.